0: Hello, and welcome to the Deliverability Defined podcast. My name's Alyssa,
1: and I'm Melissa. Thank you for listening. Yep, we're back, season five. That is crazy. It is crazy. (laughs) It doesn't really feel real.
0: (laughs) It's weird that this just started out as like a tiny idea. I remember you DM'd me on Slack, and you were like, we should do a podcast. And I was like, you know, maybe. (laughs) And then there was a retreat like a couple weeks later, and Nathan came over at dinner and was like, You guys should do a podcast. (laughs) And I was like, okay, our CEO is. We were all on the same page (laughs) at the time. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, let's try it out. But I definitely did not think we would have five seasons. So I know it's pretty crazy. I also didn't think that we would be having so much new content to talk about this year. (laughs) So
0: that is so true. We especially like seasons one and two, we were like, How are we gonna keep talking about deliverability this long? And then Yahoo and Gmail were like hey, I got you. I heard you need more content. Yeah. I'll give you something to talk about. Thanks for the help. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what we're going to talk about today. I know that was our last episode too. It was kind of like a little drop in. There wasn't Mm. really a season attached. We just wanted to get you all information about the Yahoo and Gmail changes. And that was like right after they announced it. So um, now obviously we have a lot more information. Um, And sorry if you're hearing a baby cry he's uh not happy about these new changes we'll get into that yeah
1: (laughs) yeah and if if you hear us uh, you know i might slip the word yahoo a couple times um that has been typically what we've been calling it just because saying gmail and yahoo has gotten really difficult (laughs) over the last couple months so yahoo is what we've been lovingly calling all of the new changes I'm so glad you said that so we can finally just keep
0: saying Yahoo the whole episode. And you need to tell everyone what we're not going to call it.
1: We are not going to call it GooHoo. That was another recommendation from someone on our team. Yeah, it's not working.
0: It's not working. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But Yahoo works. So that's what we'll call it. Um, If you don't know what we're talking about, let's just do a really quick recap about what happened. So I believe it was September of 2023. Um, Around then, Yahoo and Google just you know on like a random wednesday or something i don't know what day it was dropped this huge information that they have some new requirements in place for senders and they said you know they're going to go into effect in february of 2024 which we are in february now so we're going to talk about what do things look like right now what is the real timeline but last time we talked to you about it we kind of just had brief information to share so we had flown to new york to actually meet with the teams and other people in the industry to learn more about what was going on. Uh, But now we, you know, Melissa and I, mostly Melissa, has been doing a ton of work to get ConvertKit customers set up to meet these requirements. And we just have a lot more information now. So I'm excited to share that on the podcast. But the, the way I like to think about it, the main three kind of buckets of requirements is number one around authentication. And authentication has always been required. That is making sure the email is coming from the person it says it's from. But what really changed is that Gmail and Yahoo are requiring senders to authenticate messages using their own domain instead of their email provider's domain. Which in the past, it was totally fine to use your email provider for authentication. That's what tons and tons of people have been doing. And Yahoo goal is now saying, nope, it's got to be you. It's got to be your domain that's tied to the authentication of the email. So we'll get into <clears throat> what that means and how that is causing some problems for some people. Mm-hmm. And we'll have a whole episode about that too. Second is making it really easy to unsubscribe, which we'll talk more about. The main requirement for senders is always have an unsubscribe link in your emails we already knew that. That's a requirement at ConvertKit, it's, mm-hmm. you know, the law. The other main requirement around unsubscribe is something ConvertKit is already taking care of. Um, so it's something you don't have to worry about. And we'll talk more about the timing of that. And the next is spam complaints. Mm-hmm. Keeping those low. That's always, of course, been important in deliverability, but Gmail and Yahoo gave some really clear guidelines on what they consider to be high complaints, um, which is 0.1% is when you're going to start to see some problems, and then 0.3% is when things get even more serious. Mm -hmm. So we'll get into that more, but in case you weren't aware of the changes or what we're talking about today, that's kind of a brief overview.
1: That was a great synopsis.
0: Thank you. I just did a podcast about this yesterday, so
1: that really helped. I feel like you're just you like well versed, ready to go, <laughs> just on a roll. I always, whenever you get into like things like that, I usually sit here and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, because like I'm so enthralled at it, and I'm like, wait, what am I going to say next? <laughs> it sounds so good. Um, one thing that I think is kind of important to highlight, and we can start talking a little bit about um, just that domain reputation piece. So. You know, as Alyssa mentioned, you can no longer use ConvertKit's domain um in the background of your message to send. You have to authenticate using your own domain. This has been kind of like a tricky thing to talk about. And just a couple of things I wanted to highlight. Number one, the reason that this is all happening, I think one of the biggest reasons is spam and fish. Gmail and Yahoo would really like to, you know, have an easier process to be able to find the people who are spamming and phishing and be able to shut those accounts down, take action against those accounts. And right now, even though this authentication structure has been in place for a long time, um, not everyone has bought into it, making it difficult to enforce it. And so that's something that I think is important to highlight. It doesn't, it doesn't really like affect everybody the same way. Um, but ultimately the goal is if everybody buys in, then hopefully this system works a little bit better. And we can help be good stewards of email and prevent spam and fish. And then hopefully as a safe and authenticated sender, you are rewarded for following best practices um, and placed in the inbox. And you know, your subscribers are seeing your messages. So that's kind of like the positive way of looking at all of these changes. And then also by using your domain to sign that authentication piece in the message, you have more control over your own domain. And um, you could look at that a bunch of different ways, but that's kind of like the positive spin that I hope that we can show on this episode is that, I mean, well, you can talk about this in more detail too when we have a an entire reputation um, episode. But I just wanted to highlight that even though you're no longer using ConvertKit's domain in the background of the message, you're using yours. Um, that means that you yeah, have a lot more control over your own domain reputation, which is can be a very good thing. Exactly. I'm so glad you're putting
0: this positive spin on things, helping us zoom out, see the big picture. It reminds me of one other perk to this whole thing. Um, You know, the whole reason Yahoo is doing this is to stop spam, to make email a better place for all of us. And they had kind of a couple options, in my opinion. This isn't coming from their team. But in my opinion, they either could have gone this route or they could have tried to crack down on spammers without going this route. And it would have been a lot harder for them to decipher a good sender from a bad sender. And some good senders would have gotten, would have seen more spam filtering, more bouncing. Because without these requirements, it's hard to know um, whether someone is a spammer that's using an email platform and trying to piggyback on their domain or not. Mm -hmm. So I've seen in the past, um, you know, sometimes there are like surges of spam through Gmail and then you see them crack down. And then we see people using Coverkey being like, my emails are going to spam more than normal. Mm -hmm. And we can really closely tie it to like, oh, yeah, Gmail made a change clearly. They're accidentally catching good senders. And then they usually like, you know, pull that back. And we see things go back to normal. But that's some patterns I've seen over the years. And it seems like Gmail is really trying to say, if you're a good sender, take mm-hmm. these steps, take ownership of your domain, and we will, you know, try to make sure you reach the inbox the way that your audience wants you to, and you won't get uh, misidentified as a spammer. So right. yeah, that's, that's another point. perk here.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Perfect. So I think a lot of people's question right now, since we're in February, is like, okay, what about the timing? Mm-hmm. Um, so what we've heard from Yahoo Girl, what they've posted online, is that starting sometime in February, they will begin deferring a percentage of emails um, from people who aren't meeting these new guidelines. So what a deferral is, is Gmail will... Um, you know, initially they'll get your email and then they'll say not right now and they'll send it back. And they will have a message like this sender doesn't have authentication set up the way they're supposed to. That's not, you know, verbatim what it's going to say. It's going to be more descriptive, but they will kind of say like not right now. And then your email provider will try to send it again. And I'm not sure how many times they're going to defer the message, but the goal is that it's eventually delivered. So you're not going to see bounces and spam complaints yet. What you're going to get is delays in your email sending. You're going to see your open rates are lower at first, Mm -hmm. um, and then they should go back to normal once your email is delivered. And this is Gmail's way of sending a warning to you and to your email provider. So people like me and Melissa who are monitoring delivery to say like, ooh, here are the customers who still need to get set up. Although we have other ways to know that too. So... That's the plan until April, they've said, that's when they're going to start bouncing or spam filtering emails that don't meet these requirements. So Mm -hmm. you do have some time if you don't have all the requirements in place yet. Obviously, deferrals aren't fun. Um, I don't recommend waiting until April, but it's also nice that um, they've given us sort of this little window of time where people can really make sure they have everything set up properly before they crack down in April.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's like a good segue into kind of some other things that we're seeing in relation to these requirements and what you have to set up in your ConvertKit account. Um, So in your ConvertKit account, um, many of you, if you haven't already, uh, we've been sending a lot of communication about this. You've probably heard like you know, this word verified sending domain, if you haven't yet, you probably will uh, continue to hear this for a while. Um, But you'll need to make sure that in your ConvertKit account, you have a verified domain set up, verified sending domain. And this is that, you know, completing that authentication part we were just talking about where you're using your own domain instead of ConvertKit's domain in the message. And we've been seeing some... Different things going on for people who are adding that VSD, is what we call it verified sending domain portion um, to their account. Um, one of which is a domain reputation drop um, with Gmail specifically. So Gmail is interesting. They don't function the same way that a lot of other mailbox providers function. So if you go into your ConvertKit account and you go look at your spam complaints, your complained subscribers, these are people who marked an email as spam, you might notice that there are no Gmail addresses in that dropdown. And that's because Gmail doesn't report spam complaints um, directly back to like ESPs like ConvertKit. Um, So in order to find out more information about your reputation with Gmail and your user reported spam rate. You have to um, add that verified sending domain piece, and then you have to set up um, a tool called Google Postmasters Tools, and it's a really awesome tool that provides a decent amount of information actually about your domain reputation. Um, so we can talk through a little bit about like what we're seeing for some senders and what you can do right now to help. Um, increase your domain reputation, and hopefully avoid some small things we've been seeing for people.
0: Yeah, I think Google Postmaster Tools is like the must do from this podcast. You need to go set it up if you haven't already. It's so, so, so important. Otherwise, you're kind of flying blind with deliverability at Gmail. Um, And like you said, Melissa, it was something that If you didn't have a verified sending domain in place, it wasn't helpful to you. It doesn't show you any information until you have a verified sending domain um, in place. Mm -hmm. So that's why we haven't, you know, like pushed it super hard in the past because for a lot of people it would have been blank. Mm -hmm. But now it should show you some really helpful information. So definitely go do that. Let's get into the cool new feature we released because we teased that in our last episode. Um, And so I'm glad to finally have an update on that. We wanted to make this as easy as possible for ConvertKit customers to set up because, I mean, as probably a lot of people listening can relate to, setting up DNS records is not always a fun thing to hear that you need to do. Um, For some people we've spoken to, it's like their worst nightmare. Mm -hmm. Um, So we know that. We know that for a lot of, especially like creators using ConvertKit, Email and, you know, domain management is probably not your (laughs) number one favorite thing to do. You are, you know, like a writer or a food blogger or whatever. So we don't want you to be stuck uh, trying to figure out CNAME records. So if you um, haven't set up your verified sending domain yet, the good news is if you're a ConvertKit customer, if you go to your settings and then click email and then scroll down to verified sending domain, it's amazing. Um, All you have to do is... Enter your domain, and we have a tool that's actually going to look up who your domain host is. We'll tell you, like, oh, you're using GoDaddy or Squarespace. And then you can log in to that account right within ConvertKit. You never have to leave. And once you're logged in, we say, okay, here are the records we're going to add. Looks okay, you know. And if it does, say confirm, and then boom, um, it'll make sure that everything is verified your um, two CNAME records, which handle the verified sending domain, and potentially a DMARC record if you don't already have one. That's really important for the new requirements. That will all be added for you within just a few clicks. You never left ConvertKit, and you didn't have to add any DNS records on your own. So um, that's hopefully really good news for anyone who's not set up yet. And um, if you have any trouble with that, definitely reach out to ConvertKit support so we can help.
1: Definitely. It's amazing. It's kind of like waving a magic wand. We've seen a lot of people have a lot of success with it. Um, for many people, you know, they don't spend a lot of time in DNS settings once they set it and forget it. It's kind of like, you know, unless you're doing a major overhaul or, you know, kind of having to add things like the CNAME records, you're not usually in there very often. So it can feel very foreign. This makes it super easy. Um, for some people, if you have a really obscure DNS provider, um, it may not populate with that information. And if you do run into any issues like that, our support is um, happy to help and has been really uh, been pretty quick getting people set up with the verified sending domain. So you have some some options for help and you're not alone in doing that. So um, but the tool is very helpful. And we've seen a lot of people really see success with it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And um, for all the nosy people out there, I know I'm a nosy person. We are going to share with you. (laughs) You might be wondering, like, how many ConvertKit customers have done all the setup, you know, steps they need to take. Um, I know probably if we have people from other email providers listening, they're probably excited to hear this. (laughs) It's always fun to compare notes. So um, I will share that. I don't mind. So we usually break out our customers when we're looking at reporting like this by people with 45,000 subscribers or more. And then people with less than that, um, just to see who's taking action and um, kind of like divide it up by cohorts. So, if we're looking at people, um, customers with 45,000 subscribers or more, 86% of them have successfully met the new requirements, which is awesome. And for customers with between 3,000 to 45,000 subscribers, 53% have met the new requirements. So still a little bit to go there. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, a lot of people with 3,000 subscribers, for example, might not even be impacted by this yet. But we do want to be proactive and try and get people set up who might eventually become what Yahoo will call bulk senders, which is um, Google has said anyone who sends 5,000 emails within a given day. Um, one other thing we wanted to be sure to talk about was that one click unsubscribe mm. requirement. It's a little in the weeds. most people listening probably don't want all the technical details, but some of you out there to love those technical details so um just a heads up so the one click unsubscribe requirement that came. From Gmail and Yahoo, the main big part of it is actually on ConvertKit or other email providers. It's not on the individual sender. And it's this um, new header that we need to add to all emails. It's the list unsubscribe post header. Mm-hmm. I won't get all into the technical details of it. But just so you all know, that requirement has actually been moved to June, Um just because it is pretty technical and they're wanting to give people more time to get it all set up. um, Our team will have it set up very soon. Um, It looks like it's almost done. So we will definitely be meeting that requirement by June. And the only thing you need to make sure to do if you're a -A customer is, of course, include an unsubscribe link in every email.
1: And you always have to do that. So you should be
0: all good to go there.
1: The good news is, is, that we still have time. Like um, Alyssa mentioned earlier, there we we shouldn't see any bouncing or spam filtering for any of this until April. Um, so if you're listening and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm you know I'm behind. I haven't done this yet," like no need to panic. There's still time to get this set up and to even understand. Um, and hopefully, the next few podcast episodes that we do have will be able to help even more with a lot of these things, understanding it.
0: Yeah. So um, for the upcoming episodes, we're going to go really in depth on Google Postmaster Tools, how to set that up and why. And once you get in there, what to do. Um, and then we're also going to talk a lot about managing your own domain reputation. That's definitely been one of the, I would say, pain points that's come out of all of this for some customers is that previously they could send with ConvertKit's domain in the background. And they had wonderful deliverability, which is great. And then the second that they started using their own domain for authentication, they're seeing deliverability issues. And they didn't realize they are struggling with a poor sender reputation. So we want to do a lot more um, episodes on how to know what your sender reputation is. How do you manage your sender reputation? uh, Because even if you have a great sender reputation, after these changes, Everyone needs to pay way more attention to their own domain reputation than you probably have in the past. Right. And making sure that spam complaints stay low and reputation stays high.
1: This kind of goes back to what we were talking about with v- Gmail looking for easier ways to identify bad senders and good senders. Um, so just think of it as, you know, if especially if you've listened to our podcast, you know, we've talked very thoroughly on best practices for deliverability. And I think if this seems, at all overwhelming to you, the best thing you can do is go back to basics. Um, that would be like a pretty big re- uh, recommendation of mine. Uh, it would be to um, think about all of the things we've talked about before that, that are just basic best practice with practices. I can't talk with deliverability. Um, so like cleaning your list and making sure you're sending to engaged subscribers. Like those things were important before but they're going to be even more important now that you are relying more heavily on your own domain reputation. So if you were doing those things intermittently before, it might benefit you to start thinking of a like a more... Um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Like consistent plan and making sure that you are following through on those best practices. Those are going to be some of the things that have a major impact with your domain reputation. Um, and... We loved being able to say previously, oh, ConvertKit has a really good reputation and we like help people get to the inbox. But now that that structure has changed, um, our goal is to help you all have like all of the tools and knowledge so that you can continue to work on your own domain reputation and um, still see success.
0: Yep. Such a good point. So we'll make sure to get into that a whole lot on a future episode. Um, But hopefully this was a helpful recap of what's happened so far, what's going on, what's the timing. And if you're listening to this and you're a ConvertKit customer and you're like, I am not set up, or I don't know if I'm set up, please reach out right now. (laughs) Um, We are happy to help. Um, You can reach out to help at ConvertKit.com. And we have a great team dedicated to this question. So we'll make sure you're all set up. Um, and if you're not using convert um, I wish we could help everyone obviously, but my recommendation would be to reach out to your email provider because they are all working on this. Mm-hmm. I would hope, um, as much as we are. And so they should be very, um, happy to help you and make sure you're all set up. Yep. Amazing. Well, thank you all so much for listening as always. We'll be back next week. So keep listening. And I hope you have a
1: great week. Sounds good. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Deliverability
0: Defined. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And if you have time,
1: please leave us a review. You can find a resource guide for today's show at convertkit.com slash deliverability, where we outline all of the information you need to know from today's episode.
0: If you have a question or topic you want us to cover, let us know within the ConvertKit community or at convertkit.com deliverability. We'll see you next week.